Good morning, Southwest Christian High School, and welcome to Encounter. If you guys could find your way to a seat, please, if you are still standing. We are about to begin. So once again, good morning, Southwest. And welcome to Encounter. I'm excited and thrilled this morning to introduce uh, to you guys two special guests with us. And just to open us, and a quick question for you. How many of you have heard of or seen of a movie that came out a few years ago called Breakthrough? Looks like maybe half of you, 40% of you. We have the privilege of having with us this morning Jason Noble and John Smith. Uh, John Smith is the gentleman featured in the film, and they're going to join us this morning to share a little bit more about their story. So without any further ado, I'd like to have us give a warm welcome to Mr. Jason Noble. Good morning, everybody. Are you having a good morning so far? Awesome. We're excited to be here. I want to tell you something that's so important. If you don't leave with anything else today, I want you to know that God has an incredible purpose and plan for each one of your lives. And he has you in the palm of his hands. This morning, we're going to share with you the story behind Breakthrough. If you saw the film, if you saw what God did, I'm John Smith's pastor. When I first met John, was in the hospital bed. I was brand new. I was only three months as his pastor. And what God did is took us on an incredible journey. And you're going to hear from John here in just a moment. But that young man, God has just used in such an incredible way. He raised him from the dead. You're going to get to see somebody who's been raised from the dead today. And he'll tell you more of that story. When, I, when John Smith on President's Day in 2015 in St. Louis, Missouri, fell through the ice, he was under for 15 minutes, dead for an hour and eight minutes with no pulse, no oxygen. When his mom walked into the room and she grabbed his feet and she prayed, Holy Spirit, bring my son back to life. And it was at that very moment when God's presence filled the room. And the nurses would say later, they literally felt the power of God go up his body and knock them back. And he would have a pulse and he would be breathing again. He would be brought back to life in one moment. And the fight wasn't over with then. The doctor said that he still had about a a 99% chance that he would not make it. Every organ was in catastrophic failure. Here, a 14-year-old boy was laying there, really fighting for his life. And through an incredible series of miracles, God brought John back back to life. And in 14 days, he walked out of the hospital completely healed, 14 years old. And so today, I want to tell you, God has an incredible plan, incredible purpose for your life. We want to show you a video, and then without any further ado, John's going to come and speak. Thank you for having us. We're glad to be here this morning. How are we doing? Um, I can't see any. Okay, there we go. I can kind of see some of you. Uh, again, who has seen the movie Breakthrough? It's a fair amount, surprisingly. Um, it's awesome. My name is John Smith. Um, I'm 21 years old. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I attended a private school back home, uh, a little bit smaller than this one. 
same thing. I've sat in these chapels a million times. You don't know who the speaker's going to be. Sometimes you just want them to shut up. Sometimes you just want to get off the stage. Sometimes you just want to go to class. I get it. Um, I've been here. I've done that. I met my lovely wife in high school. We're high school sweethearts. We started dating our freshman year. We are now celebrating one year marriage, and we have a little baby boy back home. Um, so, like I said, I've sat in chapels before. Some are fun. Some are not so fun. I get it. Um, this is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to because I'm not going to get up here and tell you what to change. You need to change. This is to change. It's going to better you and not tell you why. That's just not who I am. I'm very straightforward. I'm very black and white. Nothing's complicated for me. I'm just going to shoot you straight. Fair? Deal? Okay. Like I said, I'm 21 years old. I was adopted at five months old from Mexico City, Guatemala, okay? My parents' names are Brian and Joyce Smith, which is why I have the most generic name in the world of John Smith. I, I grew up in St. Charles, Missouri, which is about 30 minutes from St. Louis, if you're kind of picturing that in your mind. I grew up in the same house. It was a very nice house with a basketball court out front, um, a lot of great things. I had a very good childhood. I've got three older siblings. Tom, Joe, and Charles. I've got two beautiful nephews, Ben and Brian. I've got a great family, okay? Growing up on paper, it looks like I had it all, right? And on top of that, we add this movie, right? We have, we have all this cool stuff, right? I've met Stephen Curry. I got to be on the uh, Staples Center or whatever it's called now. I got to go shoot hoops with them in the Staples Center. I got to hang out with them, be in a booth, Hang out with all the actors and movie people. I've ridden in limos, black SUVs. I've five-star hotels. I've eaten at restaurants that cost more than my mortgage. Like, I've done all that. Cool. When I graduated high school, I had numbers of school give me scholarships. I had all X, Y, Z, you name it, I got it. Cool. But is that really who John Smith is? No. Let me tell you about the real side of John Smith that isn't on the TV, that the people don't see. Again, I was adopted. I don't know anything about my real family. I know my mom's name. It's Lolinda Escalante Lopez. I know my birth name that she gave me, which is Carlos Escalante Lopez. Both very generic, I know. That's all I know. I know where I grew up, which I found out actually today that is east of Guatemala City. It's as far as I know about my birth family. I don't know anything else. There's a rumor that I might have two siblings. A rumor, but I don't know if it's true. They're both older than me. So I grew up, in, I grew up wondering my whole life why my birth mom and my birth dad didn't want me. That spirit of abandonment, that spirit of finding where my worth is from. I grew up just wondering this, just jabbing at me. So I go to a private education from K through 12th. I went there and I had all these great teachers. My parents were very involved in the church. Like I said, they're, they're in choir. They know all the pastors. They know everybody. I'm doing all this great stuff. But the one thing that's happening in these schools and in these churches is that the pastors and teachers are leaving. They're not staying for a long time. I'd go really close to them, and then they just pick up and leave. 
So my whole life growing up, I was dealing with this, this abandonment issue, this not trusting anyone. The only two women I trusted in my life were my mom and my aunt. That was it. I didn't trust anybody else. And my dad, obviously. No one else. When the miracle happened, when I was in eighth grade, it's very easy for people to look at it and go, man, he's got everything figured out. He's a celebrity now. He must be doing a lot for the kingdom. He's on all these big stages with some of the big pastors, traveling, speaking, conferences, conventions. He's doing all of it. But do you want to really know what was going on in the background? Struggling, drugs, alcohol, pornography, um, all of it with me. While I'm going through breakthrough. So by the time breakthrough had happened and I had fallen through the ice, I was not saved. I didn't want anything to do with God. I looked at God and I gave him the middle finger because I thought no one was ever going to love me. No one was ever going to care for me. I am 5'4". I get that. I'm short. I'm an Oompa Loompa. I get it. But I loved basketball. Loved it. For those that don't know, I trained with Pure Sweat Basketball Academy. Nafisa Collier, who plays for the Minnesota Lynx's fiance, trained me back home in Missouri. He's from Missouri. He trains Trey Young. He trains Bobby Portis Jr. I know all the guys, some, the guys will know these names. Girls, maybe. But I trained with them. NBA skills trainers, I did that. I almost went to school to play basketball, and my dreams were shattered my sophomore year when I got hurt. Gone. So I'm falling away from God. I'm running away. I'm running 900 miles an hour the opposite way, and this accident happens. What do you think happened after the accident? That I just woke up, miraculously found out that I love Christ, that I love doing all this, that I love traveling, that I wanted a movie, that I wanted a book, that I wanted the news, all of the eyes on me? No. Not at all. I went to a, this school's a little bit bigger, but I went to a high school of about four or five hundred. Everyone knew who I was from six through twelve. Cool. I had a lot of friends, all different age, ages. It didn't matter. I knew everyone. But by the time the accident had happened, I had lost every friend. By the time I graduated, I had four friends. Everyone had turned on me because they thought I was getting fame out of something that wasn't true. I was lonely. I was wondering, asking God, okay, why me? Why me? What did I do to deserve this, God? Why did you choose me out of St. Louis, Missouri, at a so-and-so address to be, quote-unquote, the miracle on ice, to be breakthrough, to survive something that no one can explain? 15 minutes underwater, 45 minutes without a pulse. It's never heard of. It still isn't heard of. No one's ever done that before. No one's ever seen anything like this. I'm not bragging. It's just simply, I don't know to this day why God chose me to, to be this person. I've watched people die that are so close to me. Cancer, everything. And I still do not know why. 
after the accident, like I said, I was still falling away from Christ, going through my old ways, living the dream life of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But I remember when I got hurt playing basketball that, that night that I got hurt, I cried in my dad's arms because my dreams were shattered. I was this close to college, this close. My dream. And I remember giving my heart back to the Lord, and I got on my knees, and I just said, Okay, God, whatever you have, I will do, and I'll do it to the best of my abilities, I promise. That choice that I made to finally say, God, you drive and I'll ride was the best decision I ever made. But it never stopped the hard times. God has been walking alongside of me to where I can speak to you. You guys don't know me, and I don't know you, and I get that. I'm just some guy you just met. But after the accident, when I finally just turned my life over to him, I realized that no matter where I go in this life, he's always going to be walking beside me and he's always going to care for me. The most simple answers are the most hard questions we have to deal with. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not going to tell you to do something or just to do something, to quit doing this, to quit doing this, and not tell you why not to do it. Breakthrough is a great time of my life. It was. I did all that. It's really cool. I'm 21 years old. I have a beautiful baby at home. I got a beautiful wife at home. I've got a father, unfortunately, that is passing away due to a disease. I've got a mother who's sitting in a hospital bed fighting for her life. My three older brothers, if, if you want to know the age gap in my family, my oldest brother is 52. Next brother is 51. Next brother is 49. And then I'm 21. My mom is 71 years old. My dad is 68. My family is significantly older. 21 going through all this life. It's hard. I get it. I'm not telling you to feel sorry for me. I'm telling you because life never stops. But the one piece of advice I can give each individually one of you is there's only one person that can get you through all of that. Everyone in here has their own story. Everyone in here has their own testimony. Everyone in here has a choice. Now, whether you choose the right decision or the bad decision, that's on you. And again, I've sat in these chairs. Some of you are looking at me like, shut up, get off the stage, and let me go back to class doing my old ways. Cool. Or some of you, you sit in here, you hear a great speaker, you go, you're like, yeah, I'm going to change. It lasts till I don't even know when your lunch period is. Some of you, you might take it for a week, week and a half. Nothing will change. I get it. I've been there. But I just got two questions for you. They're very simple questions for you. One's a statement, really, but the first statement is, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Who are you surrounding yourselves with? You guys are in high school, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. Ninth graders, you guys, this is your first year, kind of defining who you are. Tenth graders, you're kind of getting an idea who you are. Juniors, you're probably freaking out because there's so much homework, you want to cry. 
seniors, you probably don't know where you're going to go next year, and that's freaking you out. There's parents coming from, you know, there's pressure coming from your parents. Where are you going to go to college? What are you going to do? Oh, my gosh. What's my ACT score? What's my SAT score? Uh, college tuition, scholarships, grants, whatever. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. What does that mean? Ninth graders through 12th graders, you have a choice on figuring out who you allow in your corner. Like I told you, I only have about five good friends. And if you look at my Instagram, again, I'm not gloating. I don't really care. There's about 40,000 people on there. Facebook, there's about 20,000 people. Twitter, I really just keep that quiet, but there's maybe 1,000. You know, all these people, I know I can probably kind of pick out who I know, but out of all those people, I have four friends. And I'm Mr. Ice or Mr. Freeze or Breakthrough. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Who you pick to surround yourself now is going to dictate who you pick to surround yourself later. Who you pick to let influence your life now is also going to who, who influences your life later. What do I mean by that? There are probably some people that you're sitting to today in these stands that you're like, dang, do I really need to be sitting next to them? Dang, those choices that they made, do I really need to be following in those same footsteps? Y'all are looking around you and you think I'm kidding, but the sad thing is, is you know I'm right. It's easy to laugh about it until you're in trouble. Really easy. I've been here, I've done it. Again, very black and white, very straightforward. The second thing is, is are you going to be content with following God through all the storms and struggles that this life has to throw at you? You guys are in high school. You guys are figuring life out. That is amazing. But are you going to keep your eye on Christ? There are teachers in here that would give their lives for you, that are doing the best they can to prepare you for the next stage of life. There's a very good culture in this school. But are you going to keep... Are you going to stay strong in the faith that you have now? Going into college, going into parties, going into the next stage of life. Are you going to choose God? That is the real question. Are you going to choose this faith and leaning on him through everything? I get it, man. One of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make was this. Again, I'm, I'm no one. If you want to talk to me after the service, call me no one. <laughs> I had a lot, the hardest thing for me was learning even after breakthrough to do what God had for me to do and not what man wanted me to do. What does that mean? I was so caught up in the fame and letting people dictate my life and tell me that I needed to go become a pastor that I needed to become this, that, or the other, that I wasn't to listening to God's calling on my life. I left home. I followed things that weren't right, that I knew weren't right, but it, it felt like the right idea. And after a year of struggling, I finally decided to follow what God had for me, and that is what's led me to now, where I'm the most happy, where I finally can realize what God has for me, and I'm just constantly chasing after him. So the question is for you all is, who are you going to, 
let in your life, and are you going to continue to follow Christ through it all? They're questions, they're not commands, and that's what I really want to get at is, I'm asking you questions. This is stuff for you to think about, for you to go ask your teachers about. Who are you going to surround yourself with? Are those people in your life beneficial? Are those people building you up to become a better person? Are you going to follow Christ? Are you going to leave this high school one day and look back and go, I am still following him. I've used the tool that this school has given to me to follow him. Just listen to him. It's hard, I know. There's a lot of things going on. Parties, high school sports, grades. There's a lot of distractions in this stage of life. I was there. I barely graduated my senior year because I was on the road so much. But the best decision I ever made was finally, honestly, my freshman year of college when I decided to go back home and chase after what he had for me rather than letting people tell me what I needed to do. I pr and trust me, that was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made, was listening to him. I am nothing special. I'm just a kid from St. Louis. Again, I'm 21 years old. I'm short. I'm an Oompa Loompa. But I want to be your friend. There's a lot of things that I have problems with in this world. One of it is I feel like we're failing you guys. And it sucks because you guys are going to run this nation one day. So I leave you with this. And then Jason's going to come up and he's got a couple things to say as well. Are you going to be content where God has you? What does that mean? Are you going to be content with the way that where God has you? You don't get anything special in this life. He's given you all the tools. He has a special calling in your life. Are you going to be content with that? Or are you going to run with that? Too many times we just lose focus on what God has for us. So I encourage you to talk to your teachers. There's a lot of great men and women that I've met here today that just want nothing but the best for you. Talk to them. If you feel alone, talk to him. If I had a dollar for every time that I met with Jason, he'd be very rich because I just call him or I text him asking him what he thought about this idea or what he thought about this. He was my friend, someone I needed through high school. If you feel alone, talk to a leader. The second thing is just pray. Talk to God. Ask him what he thinks. I talk to God like he's standing next to me and he's just my friend. I'll scream, I'll cry, I'll lose my mind next to him. But it helps. So show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Are you going to be happy with where God has you or where he's leading you? And are you going to follow him? Jeremiah 29, 11 states in the Bible, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Very simple, but very true. Are you going to be happy with the plans that he has for you? Jason? He's going to come back up here, and he's just going to lead in the time of prayer. I'll be standing around if you want to talk to me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it's been an honor to be here. 
I know this is a little different than most of your chapels, and that was the kind of the, the point because I've sat in those pews before, and you kind of just like, and I'm not saying it's bad, but is he just going to give me the Jesus card and tell me what I should be doing and not give me examples, or is he going to actually genuinely be a human? And like I said, I want to be your friend. I don't ever want you to look at me and think I'm any worse or any better. Because too many times you get this. I'll never tell you what to do. I'll always give you examples on why not to do it. Why don't we choose bad friends? If you want to really know all the answers to what I said, please come talk to me because I got a million testimonies in my own life on how I chose the wrong friends and where it led me. How I didn't follow God and where it led me. And how I didn't listen to what God had for me and where it led me. And why we don't do it. And here's why we follow him. Simple word is just distractions. It led me to too many distractions. You guys have a huge blessing of being here at this school. Don't take it for granted. I took my Christian education for granted. If I could go back, I would. The other thing is, is this. I'll tell you a quick story, and then Jason's going to come up. I know I just called him up, but I really feel like you need to hear this story, and I don't know who needs to hear it specifically. When I was a freshman, I bullied this girl. Her name was Emily. I was not saved at the time still. If your name's Emily, I'm sorry. Um, her name was Emily. She was an artist. She loved all the arts. She, she was really good at it, too. And I was that athlete that was just an absolute jerk, and I freaking bullied the heck out of her. Me and my basketball team did. It was awful. My senior, my sophomore year, when I gave my life back up to Christ, I went up to Emily and I asked forgiveness, and she said, I don't forgive you. I hate you to my face. And I was heartbroken. Junior year, I asked for that same forgiveness. By now, I've lost all my friends. It's just me. My girlfriend, who turned to my fiance, who turned to my wife, my best friends that were in my wedding. That's it. That's all I had. And so my senior year, I'm not traveling at all. And I asked her again for my forgiveness. And she said, let me think about it. And I said, okay. So I went on a business trip. I came back, and she was in my English class. She sat right next to me. Again, I bullied this girl. She had cried. She had ratted me out. She had, there, were, there, were, there were times when she was going to almost hurt herself because of how rude and crude I was to her. It was just absolutely unacceptable. My senior year, I'm sitting in English class, and I'm upset because all I wanted was her forgiveness. Not because I needed it, but simply because I was so sorry to her, and I felt awful. We were in English class, and we, were, we just got our yearbooks, and we're passing them all out, and she handed me this little keychain with, like, a plastic gummy bear on it. It was really random. It was really weird, but she passed it to me, and it had, like, a little card around, like, with a little hole punched, and it had a card on it, and I flipped the card on it, and it said, I forgive you. Three years, she finally forgave me, and I still have that keychain. It's hanging up in my car, reminding me to love one another. No one is perfect. No one is any better or any worse than anyone in here. I understand you have your groups and your cliques. Love one another. Be there for each other. Support one another. Don't ever bully someone. I know you hear that a lot too in here, but it's true. You leave with the baggage you walked in with. So I challenge you today. I don't know. I know it's a Christian school, but give someone a side hug if that's allowed. I don't know. There you go. But 
There we go. You love one another. <laughs> but, alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, sum it all up. You guys love one another. That is great. I'm going to bring Jason back up very quickly. Don't tackle one another, please. It is an honor to be here. I'll be standing around afterwards for a little bit, not too long, but I'll be praying for everyone individually. Um, I'll be praying for y'all. Just those couple thoughts, those couple questions to leave with today. And ask your teachers what they think about my questions. For sure. Back in my high school, we used to go every class and talk about chapel. Ask about the importance of surrounding people with good, good friends. Ask your teachers about their, their walk with Christ, their following with Christ. Use your teachers as resources. I'm not a perfect man. I'm a very simple man. I'm very short as well, but I love God, and I love talking to you guys. This is different, I know. If you would like to reach out to me, I am, what am I on Instagram? I'm like John A. Smith 25 I hardly check Instagram. But if you do direct message me, I do get a notification on my wherever. I will, re I will respond back. I will talk back, and I will... Walk with you the best I can all the way from Missouri. I want to be your friend. I don't want to be a stranger. I remember what it was like to walk these hallways and feel so alone. And I don't want you guys ever to feel that way. Love one another. Be safe. And if you need anything, let me know. Thank you. Before John goes, I want him to share one thing he didn't tell you. He talked about an orphan spirit where he felt like in life he was alone. He was surrounded by people, but he felt alone. How did you get over that? Tell me, tell us a story real quick about what you, what you had to do with your birth mom. For the long, <laughs> for the longest time, I called my birth mom every name in the book. You can kind of use your imagination. I didn't like her. I wasn't very fond of her. I felt very hurt, very angry, very just left alone. Simple thing is, and I didn't mention it for a reason to you guys today, but it's, Anger is something that is going to come up in all of our lives, and it's anger that I was really dealing with with my birth mom, and the simplest way I got over it was forgiveness. That's why I mentioned that lady, that, that Emily, forgiving me. Loving one another and forgiving each other for everything that's going on. Bullying, cliques, groups, isolation, like I get it in high school. But when I forgave my birth mother, get forgive, forgiveness was the greatest tool because I finally let go of everything and I realized that I could completely focus on God with hold, not holding that baggage on my side of my birth mom, of that issue. And forgiveness is hard in high school because there's so many things. Like I get there's drama, I get there's gossip, I get all that good stuff. But the easiest thing for y'all to do is forgive and let it go. It is. It's crazy as it sounds. It doesn't mean you have to get on social media about it or tell whose brother's cousin's nephew about it. You just forgive it and you let it go. Because I promise you that the issues that you think you have now, they're, they're not really issues. I wish I could go back to high school half the time. It was a very simpler time in life. But when I forgave my birth mom, it was so simple because... I finally just turned my whole life to Christ. And I'm trying not to be as simple as it can, but that that's just how easy it is. 
I don't have any one-liners from you. I don't have any of this youth pastor stuff to where I just get up here and spit stuff that rhymes or that sounds good, or I don't have a band behind me that builds the atmosphere. That's not who I am. I've watched too much of that go on in my life in middle school, high school, college. I've watched it. I don't agree with it. I'm going to be very straightforward to you. Forgiveness is simple. It's hard at the same time. Why? Because people do things to you that sucks. You are going to go through times in life that suck. In high school, you're going to get grades that are hard. You're going to feel stressed. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel all these good things from people, from jobs, from all of it. But the most simple thing you can do is turn to him, like I said. Let go of everything else and just turn to him, seek him, and forgive everything else in the past. Because if Christ can forgive you, I'm pretty sure you can forgive others. Let's pray, can we? Today, if you're hurting and you're lost, and maybe you have that feeling like you're abandoned, making the choice to forgive is so important. Maybe somebody's hurt you in your life. Maybe it's a mom or a dad. Maybe it's somebody that's close to you, and you're just walking through that today. Maybe you feel like you don't matter. Maybe you feel like, God, could you have a purpose in my life? And I want to tell you today, you do matter. That God does have an incredible purpose for you. That as you heard John's story, you might be going through something really difficult right now. And I want you to know when you take it to Jesus, he can handle anything you give him. So this morning as we pray, there's a couple of questions that I want to ask you. I know we're in a Christian school but I also not all, know not all of you have made a decision to give your life to Jesus. You've not made that decision where you say, God, I surrender. I give you my life. And maybe it's because of the pain. Maybe it's because of the hurt. Whatever it is that you're walking through. But today, if you're in this room and you just say, Pastor Jason, I truly, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to surrender my life. Maybe you don't even, you've heard that in church your whole life and you've never done that. But today I want to give you that opportunity and if you would, no one's looking around, so it's just me and you. Would you just, if that's you, you say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to rededicate my life. If that's you, would you just slip up a hand where I could see it? If there's anybody in this room, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. There's hands that are going up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The hands all over. I need to give my life to Jesus today and be really serious about it, to surrender my life. Anybody else? Thank you. Guys, it's the best decision you could ever make, I promise. Anyone else? We're going to pray a prayer together. Will you follow along with me? Everybody in this room, let's just follow along. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for loving me. Even when I made a mess. Today I want to give my life to you. Today I say you drive and I'll ride. Thank you for loving me. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. If you gave your life to Jesus today and you raise your hand, will you talk to a teacher? Talk to somebody you trust. Also, here's my second thing. And if you would, just keep your eyes closed again for just a moment. If you're here and you say, I'm, I'm hurting today, Pastor Jason. Like, I'm, I'm, my family's in a mess. I'm walking through some really difficult things. And I just want you to remember me in prayer as we pray this last moment before we let you go back to class or turn it back over. Maybe your family is broken. Maybe you're just walking through a difficult time. Listen, our lives can turn upside down in a moment. And you just say today, Pastor Jason, will you remember me in prayer? If that's you, just slip up your hand. And I think that's saying, Jesus, I need you in this situation. If there's anybody that would just say, man, Jesus, I need you, just remember me in prayer. 
just slip up a hand right now. You're walking through it. It's difficult times. And as you lift your hand and you're saying, Jesus, it's me. I need you today. Lord, you see the hands that are across this room. You see what's going on in everybody's life. And, Father, today I thank you, God, that you're strong enough and that you're big enough. And, God, if you can bring John Smith back to life, you can meet any need that we have. And, Father, today I pray that you would just surround these students with your grace, with your peace, with your love. God, every situation they're facing, Father, I pray, God, that you would be with them, that you would be their encourager. Lord, if they're stressed, God, I pray that you just lift that stress off their shoulders. And, God, I pray that they would run after you so hard, God, that they would be looking for your plans in their life, God. Lord, they'd be asking the question, Lord, not what, what other people want, want me to do, but God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you have for my life? What are the plans that you've created, Lord, for me? And God, when they hear that, they would run after it. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that every student here would experience your love in such a greater and more impactful way than they ever have before. And God, this would be just an incredible year. 2022 would be the best year of their life. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been a blessing to be with you today. I don't know if I need to turn it over to somebody. God bless you guys. Thanks.